You're listening to On The Line, the interview podcast from entertainment.ie. Hello, this is Brian Lloyd, Movies Editor with Entertainment.ie, and this is my interview with Yorgos Lanthimos, the director of The Favourite. Um, Yorgos was over just before Christmas uh, for the Irish premiere of The Favourite. You can read our review of The Favourite, it's on site now. How many times have I said The Favourite? <laughs> um, so, uh, Yorgos Lanthimos, yeah, this is the guy who directed The Killing of a Sacred Deer, he directed The Lobster, he's had a very long standing relationship with Element Pictures who were good enough uh, to uh, help us organise this, also with uh, 20th Century Fox. Um, So we talked about, I suppose that that was the kind of the jumping off point really, we talked about his relationship with Element Pictures, how it was that he came to work with them for so long. Just, you know, the I suppose the sensibilities of that. And um, we also talked about the favourite, obviously, working with, you know, a triumvirate of, you know, Olivia Coleman and Rachel Weiss and Emma Stone. And just had a general, I suppose, uh, freewheeling conversation about all that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, if you like the uh, interview, please tweet. If you like the podcast on the line, please subscribe. And we will see you next time. But I spend a little bit of time in, in prep here. Yeah, I like Dublin. I like the Irish more than Dublin. <laughs> well, um, I'll stop. I'll start with that. Why? Why is that? I mean, like, I mean, you've been working with Element, you know, past three films. I mean, obviously, you have some sort of sympathical with them. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's they're great people. So um, I never set out to work with many Irish people, but. It just happens uh, in my life to be meeting, you know, a lot of Irish people and working with them. Uh, same with Colin and Barry that uh, were in my previous film, The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Um, and Robbie Ryan. Robbie Ryan yeah. worked on, you know, this one. So I, I, I don't know what it is. You know? I mean, do you think, do you find, I mean, not to kind of harp on it, like, but I mean, do you think, <laughs> do you think there's a sensibility between the Irish and the Greek or is it just... Just your own personal sensibilities. Mesh. I don't know. I probably I don't know, and a lot of it is chance as well. I mean, you can't point it to just uh, you know ethnicity or nationality or anything like that. Um, but maybe there's something that I don't understand. I don't know. Hmm. Um, how do you go from something like the killing of a sacred deer to something like the favorite? And I know that might seem like a bit of a trite question, but I mean it in the sense of the tone. Yeah. Well, I mean, the funny thing is that I, uh, I've i been developing the favorite for nine years. So it would have been going from dog tooth to the favorite. So maybe that would have been an even greater <laughs> uh, shock. Or maybe not, I don't know. Uh, but... Um, for me, I I don't really plan these things. I don't think about them too much. I just uh, uh, engage with things that interest me, uh, and this story interests me when I f- interested in me when I first read it nine years ago, um, and uh, yeah, we started developing it with Element, and that's how I got to know them. Actually, uh, they they gave me that script uh, and. Uh, uh, I liked the story, and then uh, you know we set out to to make it, but it took us nine years because we had to get the script right. We had to put the film together, which was one of the most expensive films 
that I've done, uh, not that it's expensive compared to the industry in general, mm. but it, it was my uh, most expensive film. Uh, had to put the cast together, so it took a it took a while until to get there. And in the meantime, we ended up making the other films that I would finish writing uh, with my friend and co-writer Ephthimis Filippou. So that's how we uh, developed this relationship, uh, making films, developing more films. Um, so yeah, it was a natural progression for me. It was always something that I was interested in. Uh, there are other things I'm interested in. I think uh, I, I like to uh, change things from one film to the other and, you know, re either refine my tone or find a, quite a different one um, in terms of uh, language, uh, filmic language, uh, tone, mm. um, rhythm. Uh, I, I try and, you know, explore different directions in general. Can I ask, I mean, you just, you mentioned there about the, the script that you got at nine years ago. Was, I don't want to say was the tone comedic, but could you find humor in the script? Or was that something that you brought to it? Not in the original one. The original one was... Uh, it feels what, like it could have been quite dry, is what I'm asking, is what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a more conventional uh, British period film. It was... Uh, it was very detailed. I mean, Deborah had done a lot of research uh, about these people and the history. She, she knows everything around it, and she had written a very uh, interesting, very elaborate script about that story and that period. Uh, but it wasn't the film that I, that I wanted to make. So I initially worked with her for, for a period uh, in order to structure it more in a, in a way that I would I would want to see this film being made and uh, to focus more on the three women and tell the story and whatever the politics around it was through the story of these women um, and uh, yeah pare down the politics and the details uh, in order to make something that feels uh, relevant to today uh, but then you know having made that kind of structure. I felt that I needed to find a different voice um, uh, in order to create the tone that we're talking about. And that's when we started looking for other writers and we ended up finding Tony McNamara, who's an, an Australian writer, screenwriter and playwright. Uh, and then we went on that, we started that journey of seven, eight years working on the script together and uh, basically starting from scratch. and. Yeah. Uh, rewriting um, that screenplay based on you know the story that Deborah had written, mm. uh, but yeah, I mean the whole the the tone of it was uh, found later on. I presume then when you have obviously you you know you're spending seven eight years in the scripts, then when you come to casting, I would presume Olivia Coleman was an obvious choice because I mean she's we know her. Prom Predominantly for comedy, like. Um, yeah, I mean, it was an obvious choice for me. I don't know if it's an obvious choice for for everyone. Uh, and I had worked with her before, and I knew her work, and I just couldn't think of anyone else playing that character. Early on, when we were writing the script, I did realize that it would be a difficult role to cast because um, of like, I mean, all three 
uh, roles are quite complex and, and very different to each other, but especially Queen Anne, um, there was something that felt really particular about her and you needed an actor that would pull that off and I just couldn't think of anyone else other than Olivia uh, to play that role and um, yeah sometimes and, and in order to put the whole cast together uh, it was one of the other reasons that it took us so long to get the film made because you know uh, schedules and timing and all of those sorts of things and in order to be able to finance the film as well with the combination of actors that you have, uh, it, took a, it took a while to get there. But Olivia was someone that I, as soon as I thought of her uh, being Queen Anne, I just couldn't think of anyone else. Yeah. Can we talk about the, um, the choice of lenses? I know that's kind of drilling down. I know that's probably a question more <laughs> for Robbie, but I do want to get into it. Just because the use of the, um, the pinhole camera, the you know where it's fish eye lens. sorry fisheye lens correct yeah sorry fisheye lens what was that about what, 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 I mean you can always no but I mean in the sense of like you know you know if a director chooses a close up they want it to be intense if they use a wide angle lens they want to take in all of the scenery as in the director is always making a choice with yeah. the lens what was the choice what was the intended emotion you were trying to convey with the fisheye lens or was there even any that amount of yeah. thought in it well I mean they. Because it's such an unusual choice. Like yeah, the, I guess the way you film something is part of you know who you are or who you become slowly as a filmmaker. And I think you know the last few years I've been you know moving towards that direction and experimenting with more wide-angle lenses and movement. And uh, in this film in particular, we decided to go even you know more extreme towards that direction. It kind of felt right. Because well, one uh, was you know we we realized that we we're filming these huge spaces that were kind of empty, and you had these few people inhabiting them, and um, I felt that you know going with extreme wide-angle lenses would kind of enhance that feel and that impression mm. of a lone figure within a huge room. Um, the distortion was something that I felt was you know fitting to the story and and the themes and the and the tonality of it all these you know these people going through all these different things combining comedy and drama and um having those people being in a uh, trapped in those uh in those rooms mm. um uh I think that kind of um that kind of aspect i think was helped by using those kind of lenses, I quite have liked the the, the shock that you get going from, from a from a from seeing the the, the distorted wide angle um, view of things, but then you know cutting straight to a a, a close up of a person and and kind of realizing that kind of difference. And again, that kind of mirrors some of the themes in the film because we're talking about these three women, those individuals uh, that. Uh, through their intimate story and their their behavior and decisions, you see a much bigger world being affected by it. So again, that kind of mirrors the whole thing. And I think finally, and it's something that I probably understood kind of as we were making it or after we made it, is that 
you know, those, especially those fisheye lenses that are distorting uh, those spaces, you're kind of familiar with, with that kind of image, even from, you know, paintings of the, of, uh, of uh, 16th century or 17th century uh, that had these convex mirrors like on the walls and you mm. show these, uh, yeah, those kind of distorted images. So it also felt appropriately period in a way. Mm. So there were many reasons I think that we went for it. And uh, the more we used it, the more we liked it and you know more kept on using yeah, it. Yeah, 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 makes sense. Okay, we're great. Thank Thanks you. So. Appreciate it.